chapter 6, verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That means the plans. That means the tactics. Verse 12, uh, latter part of verse 11 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore... Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. It's important we understand today that we are in a battle. It shouldn't be a surprise. We're in a spiritual battle. And Paul is speaking to us in the book of Ephesians of how we can overcome this, this, this spiritual enemy who we would call the devil. First of all, it's important you know you have an enemy. You have a devil that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He's real. Hell is real. But listen, heaven's real too. God's presence is real. And it's important we know how to combat. If I'm going to speak to you from a subject today, my title would be How to Live in Victory. Last week, we talked about how we can uh, overcome fear, have victory over fear. But today, I want you to know that you can not only just have victory over fear, you can live in victory. Not just on Sunday, but on Monday through Sunday, you can have victory. And I really want to try to help you understand that God has ordained you as sons and daughters to be victorious. There's three things we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about discernment. We're going to talk about making up your mind or deciding. And then we're going to talk about declaring. Number one. Discern when fear tries to attack your faith. We must learn how to get a 2020 vision in the spirit. See with our spiritual eyes. I want you to start learning how to see with your spiritual eyes. Don't look at just what's in the natural. Our, our uh, nation is up under, under attack. This next generation is up under attack. It should not be a surprise that the enemy has come to cause confusion and fear and doubt. But I want you to learn how to start seeing in the spirit realm. Understand where, where, we, where our true enemy comes from. And on this battle, while we're fighting this battle together, you and I have the greatest weapons the world has ever seen. We can have these weapons, but if we don't know where to aim them, we can't be effective. So I, I want to encourage you to learn how to, in, to discern when fear tries to attack your faith. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So the enemy knows that if he can get your faith down, discouraged and defeated, then fear is automatically picked up in our hearts and our minds, and we are, and we are led by the fear rather than being led by faith. So I encourage you. Keep on the whole armor of God. Recognize that it is the armor of God that will give us the ability to combat the tactics of the enemy. We can't put on the armor on Sunday and take it off on Monday. We've got to continually fight as soldiers in this good fight of faith. And discern that when fear tries to attack our faith, we answer back with hope. We answer back with joy. We can declare like Psalms 56 and 3. But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. See, the word discern means to perceive and to recognize. 
It's important that as a family, as a father, as a, as a mother, as sons and daughters, we need to train up our children and let them learn, know that though we have a real enemy, we can be uh, aware of his tactics. Uh, he knows how to come back at us not only with fear, but with jealousy and with anger and unforgiveness and bitterness. He knows how to combat us with uh, being full of pride and arrogance. I'm here to tell you today that it's important that we recognize when the enemy's coming in like a flood, that God's given us everything we need to raise up a standard against it. When we fight our battle with spiritual weapons, Scripture teaches us in our text, for we wrestle not against Flesh and blood, but against principalities. That word principalities and rulers of darkness. That is different levels of demonic forces. Now I want you to understand, just like in our army and our navy, we've got lieutenants and sergeants and generals. There are different levels of demonic attacks, demonic demons that are sent out to attack us. And maybe sometimes it's the small foxes that spoil the vine, the teach, word of God teaches us. But I want you to understand, Satan's enemy comes in different different stages and what might have got you last year may not get you this year but believe me the enemy has a plan but I'm thankful that God's got a bigger plan he's got a better plan and you are not going to be defeated you will not be overcome greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world we must continue to walk our life out according to faith Hebrews 11 and 1 says it like this now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence things not seen. Many times we are fighting people in our lives and we forget that when we allow people to be influential that are not living right, suddenly the spirit of that person begins to change the whole atmosphere that we are in. It's important that we guard our heart, guard our atmospheres. See, the Bible says in Proverbs 4.23 to guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. It's important that we guard our heart and we don't just let anyone speak into our life and connect to us. Because out of it flows the issue of life. Have you ever noticed you, maybe you've been around a negative person or a negative person comes into the room? If you ain't careful, that negative perfect person can completely change the whole atmosphere. What about an angry person or unforgiving or jealous or perverted? If you're not careful, that, that spirit can begin to change the whole atmosphere of your house, your church leadership, the job location. The atmosphere makes a difference. And I'm just here to tell you because we're in a spiritual battle that you don't have to be discouraged and fearful whenever things start crumbling or look like they ain't working out the way you expected them to work out. Recognize we are in a spiritual battle. It's going to be spiritual weapons that's going to fight and conquer the enemy as they, it, him, he stands. Today we want you to know that there is hope in the name that's above every name. Today I want you to pull your shoulders back and recognize you are a son of the living God. You can have victory every time. Life is but a vapor. You hear me? Life's but a vapor. We're just walking through this season and time. Life is but a vapor. It appears for a moment and then it vanishes. What are you doing with the life that you've got? I've come to encourage a soldier in the army of the Lord today and tell you that you don't have to be defeated. You don't have to just barely get by. 
You can walk as a mighty soldier of God. You can take up the sword of the Spirit. You can put on your helmet of salvation. Put on your belt of truth. Go, loin, uh, put your, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You can ha have your shield of faith. But you've got to know that you're fighting a spiritual battle. You've got the spiritual weapons that you need. And there's no reason for you to ever feel like God's forgotten about you. He is for you. I feel like somebody needs to know that uh, there are some good things working on your behalf. So I'm just going to remind you. If somebody asked me the question the other day, I said, what are, what, are, what are some good things that God's doing uh, that we may not know about? I was talking to my kids, and uh, I just started jotting down a couple of things. First of all, we have the Holy Spirit working on our side. You need to know that. Remember, He is a person. He is the third Godhead. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. He leads you. He guides you. He convicts you. He intercedes for you. The Bible calls him a, a, a helper or your paracletes. And that word paracletes in the Greek means a helper. And I, I want you to understand we have the Holy Spirit working on our behalf. And when we don't see it, he's working behind the scenes. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Jesus declared but, to his disciples, but you will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What was Jesus preparing them for? He was explaining that there was a power from on high, from the Holy Spirit. He would lead you, guide you, give the ability and the authority to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Romans 8, 26, Paul says it like this. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't, we don't know what God wants us to pray. Watch this. This is the Holy Spirit in us. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings and cannot be expressed in words. See, the Holy Spirit gives you power over, your inf over infirmities and over weaknesses and over failures. The Holy Spirit will lead, guide, and direct you into all truth and righteousness. When you can't do it on your own, it is the Holy Spirit that will convict you and teach you how to stand up for what is true and what is holy. We have the Holy Spirit working on our behalf. Number two, you have the Word on your side. That's what the Word teaches. You have the Word. The Bible says in Psalms 107 and 20, He sent His Word and He healed them. My God, that's powerful. And delivered them from their destructions. Listen, you may not have the right antidote for this coronavirus. Maybe you're in a place where you feel like, <clears throat> my Lord, the whole world's coming, coming to an end. I got news for you. God is still in control. You don't have to fear coronavirus. You don't have to fear any disease. The Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And that by his stripes we are healed. And I've just come to encourage somebody today that fear will not control us. We will not as a church body, as sons and daughters, be dictated by present circumstances. Can I tell you, God's still on the throne. He's still high and lifted up. <laughs> His train still fills the temple. And today you can have joy because the word is working for you. David said, "The word, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. Come on. Deuteronomy 30 and 14 says it like this. But the word is very near to you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. 
What's he saying? He's saying you got to speak the word. It's already in your mouth. Use it for the glory and the honor of God. Isaiah 40 verse 8 says, The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. I got news for you. The Bible tells us that heaven and earth is going to pass away. Yeah. This, the heavens and the earth are going to pass away. But here's the good news. God's word is forever settled in heaven. If you can't depend on anything else, you can depend on God's word. Somebody shout amen. Number three, you got angels working on your behalf. You have angels on your side today. You don't have to fear. God's put a host of angels around you. I believe, I've always been taught that anytime you want to put angels to work, you have to begin to pray. Our prayers put angels to work. If you're not seeing things happen in the spirit realm for your life, I encourage you, ask yourself, have I been praying? Have I been seeking God's face? Have I been desiring to be in his presence? Angels work when God's people pray. I'll give you some scripture. Psalms 91 and 11 says, For he for he shall give his angels charge over you and keep you in all your ways. Psalms 34 and 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Matthew, the New Testament, chapter 4 and 11 says, Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. That's talking of Jesus when he was being tempted in the desert place. It was angels that came and ministered to him in his most weakest moment. I'm here to tell you that if angels ministered to Jesus, I believe that angels can minister to us. Luke 15 and 10, last one I'll tell you. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. You know what that means? The Bible says that when someone gives their heart to the Lord and says yes to the kingdom, that the angels in heaven... <laughs> oh, angels, they don't know what it means to be redeemed. They don't know what it means to be forgiven because they've always been in heavenly places. But the Bible says that when one sinner comes to the acknowledgement that Jesus is Lord, that the angels throw a, they stop everything and they throw a party in heaven and they begin to rejoice. I'm telling you, angels are ready, able, and willing to fight your battles, to rejoice with you, to encourage you, to protect you. There's angels working on your behalf. Last but not least, I want to remind you, you got the blood of Jesus working for you. Yes, there's still power in the blood. <laughs> oh, there's wonderful working power in the blood. I know we've got diseases. I know we've, people are walking in fear. and they, They're wondering what's going to happen next. But I've come to tell you, there's still power in the blood. Revelations chapter 12 and 11 says it like this. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. Notice that. How, were they, how did they overcome the enemy? The same way you're going to overcome the enemy. By the blood of the Lamb. That's the blood that Jesus shed 2,000 years ago. And by the word of their testimony. That's where you came from. That's what God's brought you from. That's the deliverance. That's the healing. That's the salvation. Come on. That's, you, he brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Don't be ashamed to share your testimony. This is what God's done in my life. Every time you share your, your testimony with someone else that might be weak, that might have dealt with some of the same addictions and some of the same struggles, the same failures, when you share that, the Bible says that you, you become more of an overcomer. Amen? So the blood of Jesus 
gives you the ability to overcome as well as your testimony that's speaking on behalf, giving God glory for it. So number two, there's just just a few things that's working for you if you've forgotten. Number two, not only do we have to discern when, when fear is attacking our faith, but number two, we must decide when enough is enough. You want to live a victorious life? You have to decide, draw a line in the sand. Until our pain level exceeds our comfort level, nothing will ever change. Let me say it like this. What you tolerate, you will not change. You say, well, I want to stop doing this. I want to stop doing that. I want to stop thinking this way. I want to stop. Listen to me. Until your pain level exceeds your comfort level, nothing changes. And what I mean by that is that you have to decide that's it. Satan, you're not tormenting my mind anymore. You're not, going to, you're not having my children anymore. My marriage is not going to be discouraged and defeated. And we're not going to be hateful and mean and speaking words of defeat. No, no. We're going to change something. See, if you want something to change, you have to put yourself in a position to change it. Decide. Make up your mind that enough is enough. Joshua was talking to the children of Israel one day. And they... Different ones were serving this God and serving that God and, 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 and doing all type of silly stuff after they'd done seen all the miracles of the Lord. And, and Joshua finally said, you know what, guys? You do what you want to do. Choose ye choose this day. He challenged them. Choose ye this day whom you're going to serve. And then he made a declaration. He said, enough's enough. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I remember uh, when my dad... Uh, had somewhat of a heart attack. He was having chest pains for about a week or so. And he kept putting it off and putting it off. And uh, he's a hard worker. He's a painter by trade. Ever since I was a little boy, he always, just my dad was one of the hardest working men and a pastor in the ministry, an evangelist. He raised, him and my mom raised us kids. I have a, I have a brother and a sister. He, we was always on the evangelistic field or in the ministry or pastoring churches. And my dad pastors even through today. But it was probably not 12, 13 years ago. I remember my dad was having these chest pains. And he kept putting it off, putting it off. And uh, he was getting all the signs that there was something wrong. He would have the pains. <laughs> but the pains weren't bad enough for him to make the change. Or go get help. Or go get checked out. You ever been there? See, until the pain exceeds what you can take, many times change won't take place. Well, long story short, he finally, after all that pain he was going through, he was actually finishing a job painting on a, on a project. And he, he got that finished. Then from there, he went to the hospital. What he didn't know is that he was having signs of a heart attack. By the time they got him tested, he actually had a heart attack at the hospital. My point is, sometimes pain is a good thing. Sometimes pain is a good thing. It puts you in a position to change some things. If you weren't hurting, you would never know that you need to get something checked out. Come on, hear me. There are some areas in your life that are hurting. Listen, hurting people hurt people. And there may be some areas where you've been hurt as a son, as, as, at a young age. Someone's rejected you, pushed you away. They, they, they discouraged you. They spoke words of death over you. Whatever it may be. And, and, and you're, there's some wounds inside. And we're real good at covering them up. But I'm here to tell you that you've got to decide enough 
is enough. Begin to cry out, Lord, help me, fix me. I'm broken, I'm bruised, and I need you to give me what I need. Don't be afraid to admit that some things are wrong in your life. Don't be afraid to admit that there's some areas that need to change. Decide. Today is the day of salvation. Today is a day where you can change the whole circumstance. Make up your mind. Enough's enough. I'm going to stop speaking words of death. And I'm going to start speaking words of life. If you sit back and you do nothing, listen to me, it will kill you. You hear me? It's going to kill you. You have to fight for your family, for your children, for yourself. Don't be passive. Don't allow the enemy that's attacking you to just run rapid on you. It had been silly for my dad to just go back home after he's having these hard chest pains and just, set it, just, just have a heart attack and die. That would be silly, wouldn't it? God's given us doctors. He's given us hospitals for a reason. They that are whole don't need a physician. That's what Jesus said. So the church is a place for people to be, that are sick to be healed. If it's hurting, let's get it checked out. My Lord, if you broke your hand today, you'd go get it x-rayed so you can uh, figure out what do you got to do. Why am I hurting? Right? So it's important. Let's have a spiritual x-ray. Let's, God, let's let God fix the areas in our life that are broken. David said it like this in Psalms 27.4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. See, Satan always attacks on the brink of multiplication. Satan will always cause pain. I don't believe it's an accident that there, there's this attack, spiritual attack on the body of Christ, on businesses, on families, on our nation. Come on. Across this whole world, there's a spiritual attack. The earth is, uh, is giving us signs that the scripture teaches that the growing, groaning pains of the earth, whether it's uh, through earthquakes or, or whether it's through hurricanes. Uh, there's so many signs taking place scripturally that show us that the signs of Jesus' returning is drawing nigh. Our redemption is here, church. you got to have joy and know that Jesus is coming back. It's nothing to be fearful of. Uh, anytime God is multiplying and, and reproducing something great in your life, the enemy will always attack you the greatest. If you look at the life of Adam and Eve, Adam never had a trouble. He never had a problem, actually, until Eve was placed in his life. Look in the book of Genesis. And when, he, when Eve came together with Adam, that's when Satan showed up. Why? Because now suddenly man had the ability to reproduce. And anytime there's a, there's a possibility of reproduction, of faith, reproduction of, 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 of being an overcomer, reproduction of praise, reproduction of worship, the enemy don't like that. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to stop you from being a, a, more than a conqueror. He wants to stop you from being an overcomer. So I'm encouraging you today, if you're feeling pain, lift up your, eye, lift up your head unto the hills from which cometh your, your help. And know that your help comes from the Lord. The Bible says, Isaiah 40, verse 30 and 31. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. I like Proverbs 24 and 10. It says it like this. If you faint, 
In the day of adversity, your strength is small. Look at me. I'm looking at you. I'm telling you right now in that, in that screen. If you faint in the day of adversity, the scripture says your strength is small. Don't let your strength be small. Don't find your strength in yourself and your own abilities, your own gifts. I want to encourage you, find your strength in the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I want you to know that in your weakness, that's when he will be your greatest strength. Lean on him, depend on him, and decide enough is enough. Last thought, number three, declare God's word over your circumstances. Okay? I want you to learn to declare God's word over your circumstances. When you're declaring the word, there may be times it seems what you're saying is contradicting to what you're seeing based off of your present circumstance. But listen to me. Keep declaring the word. The word will work. Every time. Not sometimes. Every time. The word will work for you when you're sick. The word will work for you. If you need a lawyer, God will be your lawyer. <clears throat> if you need a deliverer, he will be your deliverer. Let me ask you something. If you never got sick, how would you ever know God's word as a healer? If you never walked through bondage, addictions, how would you ever know that God could be a great deliverer? If you never walked through rejection and pain, how would you know that he could be the mender of every broken piece in your heart? I know what it's like to be discouraged. I know what it's like to lose uh, even my wife to cancer. I know what it's like to walk even through divorce. And I'm here to tell you, pain sometimes can make us draw back from the things of God. But I want to encourage you right now. You don't have to draw away from him. I want to encourage you to run to him. Use the word as one of your weapons against the enemy. Declare God's word that no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. And every tongue that rises against me shall be condemned. Learn to declare God's word. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Learn to declare when you, when, you need a, when you have a financial need and you're struggling. Maybe you lost your job. Learn to declare that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm just telling you, if you'll declare God's word and don't declare your feelings. Don't declare your, your situation. Start declaring faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Start declaring God's word over your situation. And I promise you, your situation will change. You want to live victorious on a daily basis? You must declare God's word. So to recap, three things. If, there's, if, the, if things are going to change, you have to change these three things. Change your environment. What you're listening to. Change your company. People you're hanging out with. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. You can't hang out with people that, that aren't going anywhere. If you're the smartest person in the room, find another room. Hang out with another group. Okay? Challenge yourself. Change your environment. Change your company. And change your words. Are you speaking life or are you speaking death? Your thoughts, listen, are poison or they'll produce. They'll paralyze or they'll empower. And I'm just here to tell you that God is not 
shaken by our circumstances, and we shouldn't be either. I want to encourage you today. You can live a life of victory. Seven days a week, 365 days a year. As we die to self, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Not I that lives, but Christ who lives within me. And I want you to know today, if there's any good in you, it's from the Father. Maybe you need to surrender your will. Come on. Maybe you need to cast all your cares on Him today. The Bible says if you'll cast your cares on Him, He cares for you. He loves you. Right where you're at. I'm not telling you you got to go through a seven-step process. I'm telling you all you have to do is say, yes, I surrender. If you'll do that, my Bible says, Come unto me, all who, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He wants to give you rest today. Walk in victory. Be an overcomer. Quit allowing yourself to be defeated in uh, anxiety and depression. No, no. We're going to declare God's word over our present circumstances. And our future is going to change. I'm going to leave you with two more verses. Ephesians 3 and 20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask or think. Watch. According to the power that works in us. Did you catch that? The power that you need to live victorious is already in you if you've accepted Christ. The Holy Spirit will work through you. You are a vessel that He wants to work through. He wants to do exceedingly and abundant above all that you could ever ask or think according to the power. Come on. I want you to tap yourself and say, I got the power. I got the power. Yes, you got the power. To live victorious. But you got to believe it in your heart. Believe it in your mind. And declare it from your mouth. And last but not least. Deuteronomy 31 and 6. Be strong and of good courage. Let me leave you with this. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God. He is the one who goes before you. He will not leave you. And he will not forsake you. Today I want to pray for you. If you're under the sound of my voice and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. Romans 10 and 9 says, If you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart Jesus died and rose again, you will be saved. Can you pray this prayer with me right now? Come on, just surrender your heart and say, Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose again. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Today, I live for you. If you said that prayer, I believe that they, Jesus just wrote your names down, name down in the Lamb's book of life. I believe angels in heaven are rejoicing. Would you give us an emoji? Would you send us a message online? Would you let us know that I just gave my heart to the Lord? We want to send you. If you'll message us, we'll send you a, a discipleship book. We'll, give, we'll send you some information to help you start walking this walk of faith. And uh, we believe that God is working all things out for the good to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Be encouraged today. Make up your mind from this point forward. You're going to live life with victory. God bless you. Thank you for joining me today. I trust and believe that God's word has strengthened your faith. Why don't you visit me at darrenfarmer.com and let's do life together. 
all social media platforms. And as always, your prayers and your financial giving is always welcome. God bless you.